Uh, hello, and welcome to Hell Ain't Complicated, a supernatural podcast. I'm Claire, with me is Bo. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Um, it's good. How many weeks has it been? Three? Four, I think. Four? Oh, it's been a whole ass month. Oh, goody us. Yeah. We're, we're on top of our shit, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Things keep popping up. Life is stressful. So, oh my, yeah. A whole month, basically, since we did this. So we, there's both a lot of news and not much. It's a little bit of both. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, there's some other, like, actual news, but I think the number one is the one that everybody knows. The Dean cast tag reached 100,000 fix on (laughs) a archive of her own, and Misha Collins, we know for a fact, has an account, because the only way you could see that it's 100,000 is if you're logged in. Well, to be fair, um, like, the screenshot, the way that it was taken, it could have just been, like, it was screen capped by someone else. Shush, No. No, but just are you because really like gonna like you're you're not wrong. But it was screen really capped gonna- at a hundred thousand exactly, and that happened in the middle of the fucking night. He posted that in like the middle of the afternoon, and by the point yeah. time that he point posted it, there was already like twenty eight more fix. True, but also Misha Collins definitely has an account. <laughs> like no question about it. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be out of character. I, I, yeah. I, I buy it. I believe it. But I, I do want to say it probably isn't like a fact. I, I wouldn't po- point to this evidence as, you know. I would confidently say it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> we can never truly know, but it's, it's an true. undisproved theory, like gravity. That <laughs> <laughs> Misha Collins has an archive of our own account. <laughs> Just like gravity. Yes. <laughs> uh, what other news happened? Amisha went to Comic-Con in Kansas. It was, co- I think it's called like PlanetCon or something. I tried to get more news about it, but I couldn't really find anything. At least not anything like especially interesting. I got some screenshots of, I think, what they said. Like... Misha said his favorite part of playing Cass is how Cass uh, changed all the time. He always felt like a new version of himself. And also, like, the powers were fun. Um, Misha's ideas for Cass's autobiography titles are Humans Who Broke Me, Cass, <gasps> Bees, and Deans. And then he settled on For Love. Aw. Jesus Christ. And then- Humans Who Broke Me? <laughs> yeah, jeez. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean- The humans that domesticated me. <laughs> And then Kim Rhodes was also there, and uh, <laughs> I can't verify any of this. I just really like this, so I really hope it's true, because someone asked Kim Rhodes if there was anything she could put in Wayward Sisters. Uh, she didn't miss a beat when she said, canon gay characters. <laughs> like, immediately. That's what she Fuck said. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh, she fucking gets it. Like, she is a good version of that whole drama from, what was it, earlier this year? God, it was this year. Roadhouse, all that drama. Like, oh, oh yeah, God. we're going to have a wedding at the roadhouse. N- no, not that wedding. You guys are... How do, 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 like, all right, guys. All right. And Kim all Rose right. is like, no, nah, they're gay. I don't... Fuck. It, just say they're gay. And you're not going to get in trouble on Twitter. The fuck are you doing, you clowns? <laughs> anyway, uh, the script for season four, episode two got released. I think there was, there was something like... Cass starts talking and Dean's like, man, this guy is scary as hell. And people keep posting that with like screenshots of Cass. 
in a cowboy hat or him smiling and just being adorable. And it's like, oh, Aww. they really did domesticate him. <laughs> they did. It, that <sighs> Shit, that's really what they did. They really did. Also, the cool thing about that script, it was auctioned and it benefited the... Um, the Indian Residential School Survivor Society and like donations went to making reparations there and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. That's good. That's cool of them. Yeah. Misha also did a charity stream for uh, Kabul. I'll definitely put a link to that in the notes so you can donate if you want to. Um, Radio Company released album art. I just want to say that because like it looks so fucking good. It's like, is it like the orange background? With yes. The desert? That's not new. It's not, I don't know, I've just been seeing it, seeing it around. No, that's, that was the album art that came out with their first album. Oh. I mean, either way, it looks nice. It does look nice. I think it's because they announced that they're making prints of it. I might have to grab one. They do look nice. They do look nice. And I do like Radio Company. I don't know if you have this thing, but I know some other people have this thing where if you like an actor or something, you know, a streamer, whatever the fuck, Mm -hmm. but then they do like music, like... Uh, when I was into Game Grumps, I just never listened to Ninja Sex Party. Yeah, because I was like, what if the music's bad? And like, I know it's not, and I know I would like it. It's just like, <laughs> what if there's that secondhand embarrassment, like, waiting for me, you know? <laughs> so that's me with Radio If Company. you listen to Ninja Sex Party, you will feel embarrassed. I will guarantee you that. Um, yeah. I was just very, very curious, and I decided to listen to it. And I was just like, eh, I'm not really expecting to like this, but I want. I'm curious, and I want to know. And there's there's a couple songs I like because <laughs> most I feel the same way when I see like artists I like branch out into like a different um, form of art. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I trust them to to live up to my expectations yeah. here. Oh, oh my god, I didn't write this down. I totally forgot. Granted, this is also like an unverified thing. I just saw it through the grapevine on Tumblr. (laughs) Fucking, um, according to some study or People's Magazine, something. I read an article about it and it just said like a study or scientist or some bullshit. But (laughs) there was a study that decided that Jensen Ackles was the sexiest man of the year. And people realized it was because we've been using the jackal sexy silence so many times. We've cut it so many times that it like deviated the study. Oh my God. Because he kept saying jackal sexy silence. Yeah. Cause I guess they were just, just looking for man's name, sexy. And that would be like, Oh no. Oops. Sorry guys. I mean, it's not wrong, but it's also very funny. Is that the, like, sexiest man alive thing that they come up with every year? Yeah, I'm sure it's not gonna be, like, him in the end, but god, that'd be really fucking funny if it It was. It would be so fucking funny if it was. And then the last one, this one's kind of slight old news, I'll just say really quick, because it, Mm -hmm. like, it's just making me insane that Kripke... He said that for the new season of The Boys, and especially with Jensen Ackles, he's going to be exploring toxic masculinity. I'm like, sir, that's what Supernatural is, and you didn't explore it. What are you talking about? You had 15 years to explore toxic masculinity. What were you doing, baby? inside the house, sir. (laughs) I don't trust him to explore it. I frankly don't. I'm just like, sir, you wrote the book on how to make it toxic er. Yeah. Oh my god, it's insane. <laughs> like, good on him for trying, but oh, it's so strange. It's like, so I don't strange. trust you, Eric. <laughs> exactly. I mean, number one Simon, his name is fucking Eric. Oh yeah. 
The only Eric I <laughs> I trust is the the prince from Little Mermaid. Oh my god, that's because he's like a cardboard man. Exactly. He's just he's just a pretty face for Ariel to project her fantasies on. Yes. Good for her. A solid bedrock to a happy marriage. People <laughs> always come after Beauty and the Beast. I feel like maybe we should touch on Eric and Ariel. Like they shouldn't have worked out. I'm sorry. It should anyway. have been, you know, first love, and they're both like, okay, I grew from this as a person. Her primary yeah. goal was always just to go on land, not necessarily to get with the prince, you know? Yeah, exactly. Was just a crush that, you know, led to her wanting it more. But anyways, we digress. Just snip the marriage scene out. Just, yeah, they keep dating, <laughs> and then you find out that they get married years along the line. Not a problem, not yeah. a mute. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, let's talk about these episodes. <laughs> Okay, I'm coming in today, September 5th, with some updates about some crazy shit that's going on. Um, recently, uh, Jake, fucking, Jake Abel, uh, did a YouTube video called Things Get Hot Between Adam and Michael, where he basically confirmed that Adam and Michael are a thing. Cool. Um, also he's selling some hot sauce. It really is just, like, (laughs) these actors saw what happened to the roadhouse, and they're like, Oh no, oh no, pick me, pick me. I can't upset the gays. Please, please don't hate me. I'm one of you now. <laughs> Truly gay for pay now. And also, obviously, the big thing happened. Um, the panel, I'm recording just as the panel ended, the second one. Oh, the questions for that were not good. Well, you paid hundreds of dollars to go to a con and you ask what his allergies are. Like, you're not a doctor. Anyway, so first day of Memento Con on September 4th. Um, there was a Q&A for Misha Collins where everybody got to ask her questions. And one thing that kind of came up was that asking questions about Destel is on the table now. He said it's off the no-no list. He can, he is fully able to answer those questions, which makes it more infuriating that to the second panel, nobody asked anything about it. Oh, insane, insane, insane. So, oh, where do we even start with what came out of that? Um, We might go over it in, like, the next episode or something, or maybe I'll wrap something together. I don't fucking know. Anyway, so, um, he thinks that Cass was in denial about being in love with Dean and wants to leave it up to the audience to decide when he realized he was in love, which everybody has their own opinions on, and all of them are right. (laughs) Um... He started saying, I'm happy with the way the show ends, stopped himself and said, no, I'm happy with the way my character arc ended where it, where it did, because it was really meaningful to me. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the thing, just the whole thing about this was he was not saying negative things out. He wasn't saying certain things out loud. But he did say he was being very careful with his words. And what I found interesting was he said that Cass found himself in a culture where his love um, wasn't acceptable. And he found acceptance in this heteronormative character. Not heterosexual, heteronormative. Describing Dean, which I thought was so interesting. And especially since he said, I'm trying to be careful with my words. Um, And kind of the biggest one of of the day when... Um, Cass confessed his love for Dean, he realized that he saw love in Dean, not Dean's eyes and Dean was not saying no. So Misha's kind of, he's not saying it's reciprocated, 
but he is very much playing the I'm not touching you game with Dean's with Dean's feelings for Cass. So I thought that was interesting. Had to come in here and get all that stuff in. Anyway, back to the rest of the episode. Episode 16, Roadkill, March 15th, 2007, written by Ray L. Tucker, directed by Charles Beeson. Uh, while driving in the dead of night on a lonely road with her husband, Molly hits a man, loses control of the car, and crashes into a tree. When Molly awakes, David has gone missing, and the local farmer she appears uh, she hit appears and chases her. Uh, she runs to the road and meets the Winchester brothers, who tell her that the man is a ghost of a farmer that appears once a year to get a new victim. Molly follows Dean and Sam in their hunting for the angry spirit and tries to find her beloved David. The Winchesters, however, have been guiding her towards the realization that she's been a ghost all along and has been hunted by this farmer. This is the Ghost Whisperer episode. Did you ever watch Ghost Whisperer? Yes, my sister and I were obsessed with Ghost Whisperer when we were in, like, middle school. Because this this yeah. was... It came out slightly before Supernatural, right? Yeah, it was, you know, Jennifer I think Love it was You. A little it. bit concurrent. Because I think we were watching it, like, as it was coming out. Like, we were little, little. Like, <laughs> I was in elementary school. She was in middle school. Like, we were obsessed. Like, I, w- I did not know Supernatural mm. existed. <laughs> I think he's made that joke about Sam before, too. Oh, definitely. Didn't he do that in season one? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, it was, like, really popular at the time. I'm just fucking realizing I had a huge crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt as a kid. This Aww. is... This is... Oh, God. <laughs> That's why I love that show so much. I mean, she's I didn't like good. the ghosts. I was there for Jennifer. We <laughs> <laughs> all were. She was very pretty. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Gay moment aside... <laughs> But I was watching this earlier today, and I just texted you, this bitch is a ghost. Like, as soon as, soon as um, like, the scene where Dean almost runs into her, like, and she comes up to the car and starts knocking, and she's asking them for help, and they they look at each other confused. I'm like, oh, this bitch is a ghost. She's dead. <laughs> that was when I texted you, and then when I was right, I was like, I was fucking right. She was dead. This is so <laughs> fucking predictable. This and the hotel episode. For some reason, I've seen those episodes like a thousand times. Like, they're not my favorites, but I don't hate them. I just happen to catch them all the time. It's so weird. I think they're the kind of episodes where even if you don't know anything about Supernatural, you can like turn it on and you can understand it and follow it. Oh, definitely. This this kind of broke the regular formula of Supernatural at the time because it's being told from the ghost perspective and all that. And I think that's another reason why it's so easy to replay. I think it's good in that it stands out from the rest of the season. And it does have that kind of twist at the end where you're like, yeah, you're dead. So that's probably one of the reasons why if they are going to replay any Supernatural episodes, it would be this one. Oh, definitely. And it like really highlights like the brothers' personalities. Like that's one good thing about this episode is like, they're so opposite. They both are taking such different strategies with how to approach getting the truth to her. Where Sam is like, we gotta let, you gotta ease her into it. We gotta get her used to it. We need to remind her that this guy chasing her is also in the same situation as her and stuff. And Dina's like, let's fucking tell her I want to go. Yeah. Like at first it like, Dean is like, why the fuck would we tell her? She's just gonna take off. She will flip the fuck out. Because that's an insane thing to hear. 
I think we should just lie to her and then just rip the Band-Aid off when we gotta. <laughs> Sam's over here like, do you have a heart? <laughs> like, I mean, it really is like the difference between the two where Sam always tries to empathize with the monster, especially the next episode. And Dean is always like, no, let's just kill him and go. There's nothing human left in him anymore. Yeah, and that's one of the things that just... Oh. It pisses me off so much about Dean and just like, especially earlier this season, Sam, God, like he's so sweet and compassionate and kind. And then I always hate it because they always have to bring it back to, yeah, well, what about me? I'm just like them. And I'm like, I mean, maybe, kind of. Um, I-, I will save some of this commentary for later because it really applies to the next episode more than this one. Yeah. But it's also just like, it... <sighs> It almost feels like they're implying that if Sam wasn't one of, you know, like the demon children or whatever, he wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's not true. Because Sam is just, he's always trying to relate and see the best in people and like see them as human. Whereas Dean doesn't fucking try that shit. But then they always have to draw it back to like, yeah, well, I'm I'm not I'm not completely human and blah 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 either. And I'm just like, I mean, I guess that would make you want to do that, but just just because you feel that way or are that way or have been treated that certain way doesn't mean you will necessarily try to understand and be more compassionate of others. Yeah. So and I just I just hate the implication that Dean is still in the right, you know? Yeah. Like, he's not. He's a jackass. He really is a jackass about monsters. Like, the irony about it is that, like, Sam, he's, like, the more compassionate one. He's the one who's tried to, like, connect with people. But all those connections are always temporary, whether it's just, like, they meet some people, they hang out, they help them with their problem, they move away, we never see that character again. Or it's a monster they meet, and they kill him, or send them on their way, whatever. Dean... We've kind of point like, it's been easily pointed out. Dean gets so many, like, personal connections to so many recurring characters over mm. and over. But, like, they're never monsters. And he just, yeah. he just does not connect to any monsters at all. And Benny's pretty, Benny's pretty much like the one, Benny and Crowley. And Crowley's kind of, eh. Crowley is more like a frenemy. Yeah. <laughs> like, an annoyance turned friend. You know, like, hesitant ally that we hate and don't trust turned resident annoyance turned for- sort of friend. <laughs> I forgot that Cass counts as a monster, so I guess I'm a little bit wrong. But even then, yeah, Dean's like, oh, Cass isn't a monster because, uh, yeah, domesticated him. He doesn't count as a monster anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fucking crazy to me because, like, Almost every single time Dean makes, like, a real connection with an adult character, they come back. Even as a, like, minor recurring character who's in a couple more episodes. Like, Garth, Charlie, Jody, and Donna. Donna, Dean connected more with her. I don't remember much about the introduction of Jody, but I, I... I think, I think it was Dean who connected with her more. Yeah. I'm just like, why are they, like, I mean, I get it, but also why? Because Sam has so many, I I think the show really did Sam dirty in that because he is such a compelling character and his relationships are so complex and compelling. And I'm like, I can't, I can't even blame it on the writers because it's a bunch of different fucking writers over all the years. Why do they all do this? If it was like, 
mostly one or two people, I would have been like, yeah, the writers just don't fucking know how to write his character. And also the showrunner himself, like, didn't really care about Sam's character all that much. And, like, didn't give, like, a foundation for other writers to build on. It's only kind of in the later seasons. Again, I'm still watching season 14. It's only the later seasons where they're like, all right, let's try something different with Sam. Let's actually throw a bunch of people at him and see what sticks. And now it's sticking and they figure, oh, wait, he makes a good leader. Let's explore that. Finally, they have something original. Yeah, I just, I, I don't really get it because he has so many good connections with people. And like this whole entire episode, he was being so kind and gentle to her, like, he really did feel bad for her and and for the other guy too the guy who was kind of torturing her because they're like like you said they're they're caught in this loop that they have to relive over and over and over like that's that's got to be hell you know and like oh god his little sad puppy face whenever you know she talks about her husband you can just see it's destroying him to keep the truth from her yeah He wants to tell her so bad. Meanwhile, Dean is over here and he says to her fucking face, me, on the other hand, I don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, dude? What the hell? What, what, What is it about Dean that makes us so obsessed with him when he is such a dick? Like, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I don't understand how Cass spent 12 years around these two men and decided Dean is the most loving person he's ever met. Sam is literally sitting right beside- I'm not really a Sam Stiel shipper or Sastiel or whatever it's called, Mm. but Sam is right fucking there. He's the most compassionate character in the whole show. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, I know loving and compassionate aren't the same thing, but like- Dean is, like, obsessive when he loves someone. That's only, like, ten people maximum at a time. I mean, but it also, it almost never presents itself in a good way. I'm just like, Cass, why? Cass, <laughs> like, baby. his brother, who is such a sweet, compassionate person, is sitting right there, and you decided to become obsessed with, with this one? This guy? This dude? He's so dumb, but I love him. He's got Winchester Derangement Syndrome. Truly, if anybody does, it's terminal with him. Uh, (laughs) I think Winchester Derangement Syndrome is always terminal because everyone we've ever seen who has caught it has died. Well, he's died multiple times. It just doesn't stick. I think he died six times, didn't he? Yeah, something like that. Oh my fucking god, he's died so many goddamn times. Uh... One thing I wanted to say kind of about this episode is like, you know, yeah, you kind of said it is formulaic, but it twists it where it's from a different character's perspective of the Winchesters, which sometimes we really fucking need that because it's all Winchesters all the goddamn time. (laughs) But one thing I, I mean, I think this episode is so important to like include in your viewing. Like it's not necessary. It doesn't further anything basically, but it is such a memorable episode because like, supernatural you know it's about hunting monsters and killing them and they're all bad and blah 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 blah. and supernatural just kind of like forgets what it's trying to do that's like humans can be monsters too and monsters can be human sometimes we need episodes like this where it's like hey 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 you guys like monsters in the supernatural universe are all humanoid bad design choice but they're all humans they all come from humans 
humans are one of the same in this universe and it's this ep- it's episodes like this that kind of says that it's like the trauma that separates the two from each other and d- in different ways you know also the fucking scares in the episode was so f- they were so fucking bad you can like see them they're just jump scares you can see a mile away like oh my god they were oh everything else was good the scares were fucking terrible don't watch this episode if you're trying to find a horror episode because you will not find it i always forget that the earlier seasons were trying to be like a horror and like some some of them some of them some of the episodes in the earlier seasons get me but then i think somewhere around the the mid seasons they like kind of gave up on the horror angle and they're like yeah we're just gonna go for a like a fantasy supernatural drama angle and i'm like okay yeah because like they really don't do much horror in the later seasons. In the earlier seasons, fortunately, most of it is tame enough that it doesn't freak me the fuck out. <laughs> you know, that's one thing that you know, with like Buffy and X Files, like there are you know they're also like dramas for the most part, but they have their scary moments. But like both X Files and Buffy have like definitive watch this episode if you want to get scared. Like hush for Buffy, everybody knows that episode. I don't know. I think I might have showed you that one. I'm not quite sure. Um, with the gentleman and they're oh it's a terrifying episode it's so good and then x-files has kind of that like cannibal hillbilly episode and every horror show has like a definitive if you want to get scared watch this episode supernatural does not have that i have never seen someone be like oh you want to get scared watch this episode i can't really even think of one if i maybe if i sit and think about it for a good while it'll come to me but nah they're all, it's all 2000 scares, so, like, none of them are good. Yeah, the most that I was ever freaked out watching Supernatural was that episode in season one where the plumber puts his hand in the um, <laughs> yeah. garbage disposal. That's the part that freaked me out the most. Just because, like, I knew what was going to happen, what was coming, and I was like, oh, God, please, I don't want to see this. <laughs> that's, um, I think that's the most I was scared. And this is including everything that happened in the third episode we're going to talk about, which is onset of a horror film. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> kind of last little note I had on is just like at the end of the episode, they have rain on the Impala and you could hear it. It's just oh, such a nice sound. You never hear that sound in the show, but when it happens. Ooh. Um, trivia for this episode, only two things. Um, Dean refers to Sam as Jennifer Love Hewitt, obviously reference to Ghost Whisperer, as we mentioned, and, uh, this episode of Supernatural is literally paralleling Ghost Whisperer and helping spirits pass on into the afterlife, which was, like, every single episode of that show. Um, guest star Trisha Helfer, uh, playing Molly, is one of the, uh, is one of the alum of the TV show Battlestar Galactica, and other, sh- other characters, <laughs> crap. <laughs> Mark Shepard is the other character to show up from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> they like they've had two people on there. I did which isn't not know surprising. that Mark Shepard was in Battlestar Battlestar Galactica. On it, I think that's the one thing I noticed a long time ago when I was like trying to get caught up on all these nerve shows. He literally is mm-hmm. in fucking everything. He's in fi- he's also in Firefly for a little bit. It- oh yeah, he is. I forgot about that <laughs> shit. If there's anything that has like a minor cult following um amongst nerds he's been in it <laughs> yeah uh like a hundred percent that's exactly what it is <laughs> oh of course heart was like that sarah gamble wrote it okay exactly <laughs> episode 17 heart uh march 22nd uh 2007 sam episode absolute sam uh, episode sam-isode. so it's written by sarah gamble of fucking course directed by kim manners who gives a shit about that 
Uh, in San Francisco, <laughs> Sam and Dean investigate a series of murders of a werewolf uh, where the victims have had their hearts removed. When a lawyer is killed in his office, the Winchester brothers visit his assistant, Madison, and they believe her former bro- boyfriend, Kurt, is the killer. Sam stays in Madison's apartment to protect her, and they fall in love while Dean investigates Kurt. However, they discover that Madison is actually the monster, and they give their best efforts to try to save her from her fate. They do not succeed. This episode got me so fucked up. Like, it makes me so mad every time I I have to rewatch it, because, like, I get why they did it. Essentially, they establish she's a human. She cannot control that she turns into a werewolf and doesn't know what she's doing when she does it. And she doesn't even believe them that she's a werewolf once they figure it out at first. Until Sam locks her in the fucking closet, and the next day, when she regains consciousness, she sees all the fucking scratches on the walls. Which, okay, that was dope. I really love that shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, there's an old legend that if you kill the werewolf that turned you, that if they die, then you're no longer a werewolf. So they find the werewolf that, um, that turned her, which I just, I just think it's so wild. They're just like, well, let's, let's save her, but let's kill this other dude who probably is in the same position as her and and doesn't know what he's doing. We're fine killing him because we don't know him. (laughs) So Dean shoots him when he's like when he's in the process of murdering um someone on the street and so um which it was actually really funny because she gets up and runs away and he's like you're welcome or what whatever the fuck it was that he said but it was like her neighbor um and they're just like oh poor glenn i guess he had a crush on her and he he just bit her and turned her um when he was a werewolf because the the thing that fucking destroyed me is he shoots him three t- Dean shoots him three times in like the the chest abdomen area and like he he rolls over onto his back and he's just like coughing up blood and he's like oh god it happened again and he he looks like human he like reverts back which really was just teeth nothing else no additional hair <laughs> just just teeth and i think maybe eyes were weird and he's like oh god it happened again and he's like begging Dean to help him and save him and then he dies that was so fucked. And fortunately, Dean finally felt something. I'm like, thank God, because he was trying to convince Sam to, to kill this lady anyway. And so they come back and they're just like, um, yeah, we got to make sure that you don't turn just to make sure that this that this really works. And um, so it was really funny because they, they, they were like, yeah, we're going to leave. Bye. The dude's dead. And then she sees them outside her apartment in their car and she knocks on the window like, hey, um, this is not very subtle for a stakeout. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and Dean, Dean just straight up just like, uh, yeah, we were lurking. What an asshole. But I mean, at least he, he just straight up owns up to it. Dean was just very, uh, wingman for Sam this episode. Like, I, <laughs> I wrote down, like, Sarah and Kim nightmare team. Just Dina's most weird horniness for getting his brother laid. Like, she, ah. And then, then... What was her name? Madison? Madison and Sam fuck like rabbits. But yeah, and then like she begs him to kill her and like, oh god. And I, I understand why they did it because they needed to establish that Sam needs to die and they needed to really, really drill it in over the whole season in order for the like, finale Like this is not to- the fucking way. It's so fuck. Like they, they locked her in a closet and she didn't hurt anybody. Like it's right there. The answer is right in front of you it's so stupid also it kind of bugs me like 
this is like looking into it maybe a little bit too much, but it just seems a little bit fucked up to have like a cis woman have a monthly scheduled problem and she's like no just kill me instead i'm not gonna she's like a fucking lawyer she's like no let's not find a solution just kill me just do it it's like yeah never absolutely not that would not happen that's so fucking stupid yeah like well what if you get out one day and blah 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 and i'm like what the fuck that's just it like i i understand why they did it because they wanted to like reinforce the, the the narrative of what Sam's dealing with, but come on, it's so stupid. Like yeah, like Buffy, uh, they had a character who turned into a world, and they just like locked him in a cage. They locked him in a kennel, and he was like, "All right, yep, as long as I'm not." Sometimes it gets out, but they fix it. Sorry, like uh, this is our buddy Jason. Um, he's super super cool, but like. For a week every month, we do have to lock him in a kennel at night so he doesn't murder anyone. So you won't see him at the at next week's movie night because he will be in the kennel. Yeah, that's literally just what they do. Also, one thing that was really funny that the so the actress who plays Madison is like, well, she's pretty short, and compared to Jensen and Jared, she is like <laughs> she is like a dick height with Jared. Oh my so, god. Jensen and Jared, I mean, the, uh, Sam and Dean, they're, like, standing there. She's pouring coffee for them. But she has to, like, lift her arm above her head to, like, pour the coffee. And I said that she looks like, you know, Galadriel pouring water into the fountain. <laughs> like, oh, my God. oh, this poor girl. <laughs> so fucking rude. Just lower your cup, dude. Yeah. I was like, why are you holding it so high? It's a literally an eye level with her. Like, just help her, please. <laughs> She's so doing- inconsiderate. What the fuck? Just hand it to her. Just take the cup, pour it, and give it back. That's all you get. It. Like, come on, lady. You've been this short your whole life. Every time Sam falls for a girl, she is literally, every single time, it's like, well, I'm not like other girls. I'm not scared of the supernatural. And Sam's like, oh, I can't not fuck her. <laughs> It's always like, I know how to handle myself, and I know how to handle you, and, like, especially with, like, Eileen and shit, like, I can take you the fuck down, and he's just like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, every woman is just like, I'm a top, and Sam's like, oh, really? <laughs> that really is what it is. <laughs> I hate you, I hate that so much. Both of them do want to be topped. Yeah, they both just kind of fall for people like I can kick your ass, and they're like, "Oh, thank you." Oh my god, I I'm so sorry I had this unfortunate thought, but that definitely is a Winchester male trait because Mary Winchester did kick John's ass. She laid him out flat, like the first time they met. Didn't she like lay him out? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> or maybe that was when she ran into. Dean when um, he was, you know, stalking them because the angels told him to. Something like that. Uh, yeah. But like, she's she's an action girl. There's no there's no way the whole time they were together, John didn't pick up on that. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say, okay, so I was watching these episodes like a week ago, whatever the fuck, and I was drinking and just doing my thing. And then a, f- a friend showed up on like the Zoom call and we both watched it together. <laughs> and <laughs> 
they'd never seen Supernatural before. And I was just like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good episode. And the whole time they're like, this is Dean? This is the character you're obsessed with? I'm like, this is a bad Dean episode. Please, you have to listen to me. You have, I, I forced them to watch Lazarus Rising with me after. I was just like, you have to believe me. Dean is not usually this much of an asshole. He was kind of an asshole in Lazarus Rising, though. Yeah, but he's still cool. Oh my interesting. god. Okay, but what did they think after you showed them Lazarus Rising? Were they like, okay, or were they still like, what's wrong with you? Why this one? Oh, they were more interested. I mean, you, you can't, like, yeah, you can't not bring someone in with Lazarus Rising. Yeah. To be fair, almost every Sam episode does not reflect well on Dean. Yeah. Oh my god, that's true. the problem. That's why there's not many Sam episodes. Yeah, because they make Dean look fucking terrible. It's annoying. They make Dean look fucking- They don't know how to balance it out. So Sam looks good and Dean doesn't look like a jackass, which is not a very hard thing to do. Like, you can just have Dean shut up a little bit and it would be fine. But, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, that's so fucking funny. Maybe it's because, like, all the Sam- writers which is like sarah gamble and maybe one other person just don't like dean so they don't bother with dean on those episodes whereas everybody else is like dean first may may or may not like sam it's a gamble there a sarah gamble i just i just i don't understand people who don't like sam i don't if you straight up don't like sam i don't fucking trust you if you don't like dean eh, i get it but also that hurts me but if you don't like like we are not on the same wavelength Exactly. But if you straight up don't like Sam, distrust. Like, how can you just not like him? What's wrong with you? Like, there's nothing wrong with Sam. There was one really cute, oh my god, this is like one of my absolute favorite tropes that will just endear me to any character where, like, some guy just shows up and he's like, oh, you're watching soap operas, that's lame, and then it cuts to like 10 minutes later, he's like, what's gonna happen next, though? I need to know this- what happened with the evil twin? And that's like my, one of my favorite tropes. Like they do that in Buffy with Spike. Like Spike <laughs> and Buffy's mom love watching soap operas together, and Buffy fucking hates it. And I, it's my favorite. I love it. I adore it. <laughs> and I'm gonna say something that's gonna make you mad at me. Oh, but no. do you want to know what I thought of when you said that? What? Grunkle Stan. Oh, you're right. Oh, it's such a good trope. I'm such a sucker for it. It's like, shut up. You know you like drama, too. When you, like, take a step back from soap operas, you're like, God, these are very stupid. But as soon as you sit down and you watch it, you're like, but I do need to know what happens next. This is addicting. It's so addicting. Yeah. I mean, my mom's watching soap operas pretty much every single day of my entire life. (laughs) So, yeah, I'll just, like, come hang out and be like, what's going on? She's like, ah, the usual stupid Port Charles bullshit. And I'm like, cool. Let's find out. Yeah, honestly, the amount of times people die and come back and, like, the crazy plot twists, I feel like Supernatural at this point should kind of be considered a soap opera. Oh, absolutely is. A hundred percent. It's just a fantasy flavor. Yeah, fantasy soap opera. That's exactly what it is. It's just, like, modern fantasy soap opera. That's what this shit is. Like, one of the main characters has died six times, and he's the one who's died the least amount of the main characters. What the fuck? Insanity. 
Oh my god. Okay, trivia. Um, Sam and Dean uses aliases Detective Dante and Detective Landis. Joe Dante directed The Howling, and John Landis directed An American Werewolf in London. They're both werewolf movies. American Werewolf in London is a pretty good movie. It's sad. And the other... What was the other... Oh, I got... Oh, I have three facts for this. Uh, this is the first episode to feature the boys doing rock, paper, scissors to determine something. And of always course... With the, scissors, always with the scissors, Always with the scissors. Okay, the thing is, that is, like, one... That is the most sibling moment they've had in these three episodes. Always with this, Like, not even the rock, paper, scissors. Always with the scissors. Like, that's what the shitty wit sibling who won says. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. It's so cute. Always with the scissors. I do kind of wish they kept up the trope that Dean never wins the rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> Especially oh, if he continues to agree to do it. <laughs> to make yeah. decisions. It's so fucking... Because, like, it's little things like that where it's just, like, it, it, it makes them a little bit more human and a little bit more equal footing where Dean is stupid enough to agree to do rock, paper, scissors every time, even though he knows he's going to fucking lose. Cause in the back of his mind, he's like, this is going to be the time I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah. He literally is just like, okay, two best two out of three. And it's <laughs> Sam is like, we both know who's going to win. You idiot. Precious. Adorable. I love it. Like that was like the one good Dean moment we got. <laughs> oh my god um okay this last one i'm gonna say trigger warning for animal death so skip ahead if you don't want to hear it um jared padalecki says that during the filming of the final scene of this episode where he has to kill madison in order to find the emotion and since it was still too early they were still like early in a supernatural and the actors weren't (laughs) vessels for their characters yet essentially um jared thought about the traumatic experience of having to euthanize uh two of his dogs sadie and harley as a result, he got extremely emotional, and those are very real tears. Jensen Ackles backed that up, saying his own emotions on screen welled up because he knew how much it would hurt Jared personally to have to call up those emotions and suffer through them in order to have Sam be visibly upset on screen. Jensen's tears came as a result of watching his close friend go through such painful emotions. Oof. Okay. Oof. And, like, I, I don't want to be an asshole, but mm. I do feel like... It- it- it is problematic that he thinks of a fucking dog. Yeah, he thinks yeah. about euthanizing his dog when he was supposed to, um, when his character is experiencing conflicting emotions about yeah, killing a I, uh, yeah. werewolf woman. And like I mentioned earlier, like she has a monthly problem that she can plan for as she chooses death. Like, hello? Oh my god. But I just, I just think that's a little bit ironic. But like, I can, I can understand how the death of a beloved pet would fuck you up. Like... But I also just think like, wow, that that was the that was the memory that did it, huh? I mean, to be fair, that was what I would use, but also just like a problem. It is. I mean, I think I think most people haven't had to quote unquote for their own good murder another human being. So this would be the closest, you know, the closest experience anyone could relate to if they had an experience of having to euthanize a pet. It's just the lack of finding a solution. It's like traumatic memory, yeah, I get that, but it's the the lack of finding a solution that really fucking bugs me. So those two things together, it's like, can y'all respect women, please? Yeah, like why did this woman not try to fight a little harder? Yeah, it's so stupid. Especially since, like, after her experience with the mugging, which we now know was actually a werewolf attack, like, she was gaining so much more confidence. She had taken back control of her life, and she was doing wonderfully. And just finding out she's a werewolf, I mean, I get why 
it would fuck her up. But I don't think it would fuck her up to the point where she would legit be okay with suicide, you know? Yeah. Because that was more or less what it was. She she made someone else help her, but that's what it was. Like, I, I don't think that even if for a moment she considered it, I, I just think it's doing so much disservice to her as a person and character to just be like, after all of that growth and everything that she's overcome, she at like this first setback is willing t- to go back to thinking that she's not worth anything anymore. Yeah. Ugh, it just sucks. Like, shit. Also, you would think that in the supernatural universe where people die gruesomely so fucking much, even lawyers, like, in penthouses, like, you'd think they'd have <laughs> better self-defense in this universe. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, let's, okay, final episode. Um, episode 18, Hollywood Babylon, April 19th, uh, 2007, written by, you guessed it, Ben Edlund, di- uh, directed by Philip Segregia. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think I double-checked how to say it. Uh, Sam and Dean go to Hollywood to investigate a haunted studio where the lead actress, Tara Benchley, of a horror movie, uh, saw a member of the crew dead and a ghost. What the fuck? Uh, the member of a crew dead and a ghost. Like, a ghost and the member of the crew dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's two separate things. All right. Uh, Sam researches and finds that, uh, four people have died a lot- have died in the last 80 years and the ghost could be any of them. Uh, the Winchester brothers are mistaken as PAs and discover that the event was actually a marketing strategy to promote the film. When the producer Brad Redding and another executive later die on set, they discover that a revengeful screenwriter is really summoning fiends into the shooting. Uh, oh my god, I wrote no notes for this, wow. <laughs> but this is, it, this episode is mostly interesting for like the trivia and stuff. Like, it's, an, it's an okay episode. I think this episode is important just because it is the first time Supernatural is getting meta, which is like, Supernatural is going to get so much more meta, but this is like the first time. So much more meta. <laughs> I think I might just go to straight to the trivia because like, that's the heart of this episode, really. <laughs> okay. Then we can circle back. So at the beginning of the episode, uh, the Winchesters are on a tour, you know, on like one of those little buses and stuff. The tour guy says that they're passing by the place where Gilmore Girls is filmed, and if they're lucky, they might see one of the stars. Uh, Jared, who plays Sam Winchester, star- has a starring role in Gilmore Girls, playing a character named Dean Forrester. Uh, at this point, Sam looks uncomfortable and quickly leaves the tour bus. Love that part. <laughs> this was interesting. This is the first episode in the series without the Impala. Never shows up. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right, because the whole time they're just yeah. in that building. They don't go anywhere. The only time that they're seen going from one place to another, it's in that little little trolley thing. <laughs> Did you have something else to say? Oh, I was going to say, I like to think that um, Sam was just compelled. He doesn't know why. He was just deeply uncomfortable <laughs> and just compelled to get away from there. Like, uh, I don't like this. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um... Uh, when Dean tells Tara she was great in Boogeyman, she said it was a horrible script. The script of Boogeyman uh, was written by Eric Kripke, like the movie <laughs> Boogeyman. Which is, I, I've never seen it. I'm going to assume, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also love it when like people who are who obviously work together publicly dunk on each other, like as a joke. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the notes that the studio executive in the uh, episode gives the Cree are notes that Supernatural is actually received from the CW. Um, <laughs> more specifically, it was like, it should be brighter. It should be more colorful. Why does the horror have to be so dark? And another one was, the rules don't make sense. How can demons hear chants from hell when they're 
from all the way up here. That's so fucking funny. Like, it's not that the demon hears the chant and decides to be like, oh shit, they're calling me. Let's go visit. Yeah. It's a fucking spell. It's a spell. Oh my yeah. God. That's so fucking funny. In the episode, their answer is like, oh, they like literally say like, the demons must have super hearing. It's like, what are you talking about? You, It's fine to just say that. It's so weird. <laughs> I honestly, I wish that they had just what they had done as the resolution was like, how how can the demons hear if they're all the way in hell? And they just had somebody shoot her a look like, holy shit, how are you this stupid? And left yeah. it hanging. Like, bitch, what are you saying? Right yeah, now? <laughs> it's just very strange. <laughs> um, uh, when Dean uh, mentions that he wants to come to California for swimming pools and movie stars, uh, Sam replies that it. It's not swimming pool weather, as it's practically Canadian. This is a reference to the fact that Supernatural is not filmed in Los Angeles, but Vancouver, Canada. They can't afford Los Angeles. <laughs> as Sam and Dean are walking off the set, the winter landscape in the background is obviously not LA, and allusion to back, yeah, Vancouver again. <laughs> um, as Sam and Dean are walking through the set to get to the trailer, they pass by a lady walking a cart of clothing. It's kind of like a rack that with wheels. Uh, a cart of clothing that looks awfully familiar. The clothing is used on the set of Supernatural by both actors, and Dean is wearing the same army brown jacket that is on the rack. Like, it's- you can see Sam, like, looking at it like, wait, that's our clothes. <laughs> I also love how that kind of reinforces um, what you see kind of several times in the season when things get meta. As aware- as Dean is of the genre that he inhabits, he is not aware that he is inhabiting the genre. That's a good point. Sam is the one noticing all that. That's so interesting. Yeah, like, Dean has no self-awareness that he is, like, <laughs> even, like, later yeah. when it's kind of more straight up brought up. Obviously, later seasons, I'm not entirely sure, but I know, yeah. like, in the mid-seasons, like, Dean is, he's it's still just him living his life. He is never, like, fully, you know, meta-aware like that. Yeah. You'd think he'd be genre-savvy because he is savvy of the genre that he lives in. He just, he doesn't apply it that way because he doesn't fucking know. That's yeah. just wild to me. Sam's the one who notices all this shit. Then it's Dean who starts geeking out about horror movies later, and Sam's sitting there like, what? Yeah, I mean, Dean's the one who becomes a PA in this episode. While Sam is like, we have a job we need to do. What are we doing? I, I need to come back to that, but you will fin you, I'll let you finish your trivia first. And then I, I have a lot of feelings about Dean in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm starting to like think a little bit too. Okay, let, let, well, I, there's one more fact, but then I actually just thought of something too. Um, the fact that the main actress likes to take uh, Polaroids of the cast to kill time is a reflection of Jen Jensen Ackles' past on the set, taking photos of his fellow cast and crew between takes. Um, another thing is that Dean was eating so much food in this episode like he was obsessed with the catering table and like that it's a little bit of meta there because jensen ackles just one day decided to like start eating food in on the set and that like became a trait of dean so there's a little bit of a callback in that as well that okay i'm sorry that's hilarious jensen was just like i'm feeling a little bit peckish i'm just going to start eating while the cameras are rolling like oh Hey, jackass! <laughs> but they just rolled with it like that's that's part of Dean's character now. He's a man's man. He eats meat all the time and shit. Yeah, what the fuck? that's that's very funny, actually. <laughs> 
One one weird thing that happened, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was this episode. One weird thing that happened was they mentioned a movie called Ghost Ship. And that's a real movie that exists. And they were saying that the actress was in it. But I checked and the actress is not in that movie. It's somebody. And it was very strange. But it's also a, also a bad movie. I, when I, did Ghost Ship come out? Like the year before. Like I checked. It was like a year before Supernatural came out. So like they knew it. Ex- it was weird. It was really weird. That's very. That is very weird. There's an insane moment at the beginning of that movie. <laughs> I'll probably take those out. It's very supernatural, actually. It like it would fit in perfectly, but at the very beginning of the episode, the reason that the ship has so many ghosts is because like there's a uh, dance, a ball happening on the ch- on the on the deck, and you know it's a bunch of adults, and we're following this little girl kind of walking around. She really wants to dance, so like this guy is like, "Oh, I'll dance with you," and so she's like, you know, standing on his feet and like doing that whole thing and then some like crazy rube goldberg machine bullshit happens so that like the rigging goes bad and it slices through the entire deck and because it's all it's all tall people it cuts all of them in half except for this girl and she just like looks up and the guy looks at her and then he slides off and he's just he's just holding his legs it's insane that's horrible that makes no sense either yeah, it's just so gruesome and awful that it's fun that it just becomes funny and also the effects are like ridiculous. Jesus <laughs> Christ. You said this is 2004? Yeah. It's like perfectly That's 2004. So bad. That's <laughs> so bad. That's like horrible. That's bad. Like yeah, <laughs> like artistically horrible. What? It's yeah, it's a really dumb movie. I should watch it again. <laughs> so like, for Dean, I just, I, I don't think I'm the first person to say this, and I probably won't be the last. I just love how into the whole PA role Dean got, because it's like, you'd think his whole character archetype, who's like, oh, I'm a man's man, I fuck women, and I eat meat, you know? That kind of, and I drink beer, blah, blah, blah. Like, but he he falls so easily and is so happy in the role of PA, that, yeah, like, they kind of- helping tongue-in-cheek make the joke like i think they're kind of like slaves because they <laughs> treat him yeah. like shit and they're he's not even getting paid he, yeah he's not even getting fucking paid to do this shit and they just kind of like he's just like the gopher on the <laughs> on the um yeah on the team like ask him to go get a fucking smoothie okay but like he's just so happy because he just he find he a gets to help people b i think just any 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 sort of appreciation the boy lights up it's ridiculous and see he feels like he's part of something like he's like i feel like i'm part of the team and he just like he doesn't need to be a leader which would what you would think would be like the macho-y thing he is very content being just told to do shit and doing it and feeling helpful because he did it and everyone and just feeling like they're making and doing something together as yeah i just i'm just like this boy jesus True bottom Christ. behavior oh i hate you i hate you so much for saying that <laughs> i hate you so fucking much for saying that <laughs> like sorry like bottom of the fucking food chain and he's so fucking happy yeah him and his 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 gay little headset <laughs> like <laughs> He was so fucking happy on that set. Yeah. It made me lose my mind. One thing, when we were kind of talking about Sam being more je- genre savvy than Dean, 
we kind of mentioned early in the show, like I remember reading some reading someone saying that Sam is the more traditional uh, horror character. Like he's a part monster and he's trying to deal with that. And then Dean is like more of a gunslinger. He doesn't really belong in this genre. He's more of an action hero. Yeah. But then in this episode, Sam is more like focused on like the horror and like uh, th- uh, there's a bunch of weird shit happening that is outside of this yeah of this you're getting thing a little... that we need to go and like i think it kind of goes along with like sam sam is clever especially in these episodes he's like being very clever like he locks maddie in uh the closet he keep her to both like make sure she knows that she's a werewolf and to keep her like safe from everybody else and also he like waits and gives clues to the uh Molly to make sh- to like le- ease her into no realizing she's a ghost and stuff. Like Sam is very clever and he'll like always try and find a way out of it. Especially, you know, when he eventually becomes Lucifer, he's like the one who kind of stops himself and jumps into the cage. Like he will do anything to figure shit out and find a solution that works. Whereas Dio just kind of tends to just kind of roll on his back and prefer to die. Like, I'm watching season 14, and Michael is, like, in his head. He has a, like, trapped and shit, whatever. And he literally builds the Malik box, and he's like, all right, guys, everybody gather around. You're gonna put me in this, and then you're gonna drop me into the Pacific Ocean. I will not be taking questions at this time. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's insane. That's how the Malik box went. Yeah, and like he's literally he's literally like showing it to Sam, and Sam's like, "There has to be another." And Dean's like, "That's why I didn't tell you because I knew you'd be like, there has to be another way." And he's like getting angry at Sam for wanting to find a solution that isn't locking him in a box and throwing him into the bottom of the ocean. And that's why Sam is such a good leader because Sam just refuses to give up no matter what. And then, but Dean is always just like, I'm ready to give up. (laughs) I dropped my ice cream. I want to leave now. I think with Dean, it also depends on the stakes. He does not think that he himself is worth anything more than him just giving up and just, you know, if, if the stakes are beyond him, he will move heaven and earth. Like when Sam died and he's like, okay, I'm going to sell my soul and I'm going to bring that bitch back, you know? Yeah. But when it's he- like, but then immediately what Sam's reaction, Sam's reaction is there's got to be a way out of this. Holy shit. I don't want to, you know, watch you die in a year. Like, and, but Dean's just like, nah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Actually. Like it, it gets to a point where he has to like convince him to, you know, not be fine with it and fight back a bit. But you know, like, I think that's the difference between the two of them. Sam, it's like, Hey, for the greater good, I will make this sacrifice because I have exhausted all other options. For Dean, it's just like, first option, self-sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, that's not, I don't even know if that's, like, that's not noble. You just hate yourself. Yeah, like, Dean will kind of only try and find a solution if he's, like, forced to, essentially. Like, he doesn't want to live with, he, like, can't live without his brother, so he's just, he does make the deal and he's like, uh, after that, it doesn't matter. I've done, I've done, I've used my brain enough today and I used it bad. So I'm not going to bother trying to find a solution. Whereas Sam will try and find a solution for every single problem ever. Like, okay, watching season 14 and Nick is uh doing some stupid dumbass shit and 
he gets like arrested and Sam's like, I, why didn't you talk to me about this? We could have solved this. I da, 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 da. And Nick is like, Sam, this isn't about you. <laughs> and like, yeah, Sam, sometimes you just have to let a problem die. You can't always solve everything, my sweet boy. Whereas Dean was just like, I don't, I think we should just kick him out and like, uh, let him die in a gutter. <laughs> that's, 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 that's Dean. Jesus. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. You are not wrong. <laughs> All right. Do you have any, uh, you have, you have an AU of the week. Yeah. I have two AUs of the week and I'm still not sure which one I want to go with. You know, I'll bring up another one later because, you know, it's a little bit too on the nose. Um, so my AU of the week, because I have been watching, um, this like video game documentary, um, <laughs> video game counselor Dean, of course, this would have to be a nineties, um au but so for those of you who don't know what video game counselors are um starting in the late 80s nintendo had a hotline you could call if you were stuck at a game and they would give you tips and hints i just want fresh like this was actually in the documentary i was watching one of the people who who was a um a video game counselor was like yeah um somebody told me that Nintendo was hiring and I was like oh cool uh, I didn't know they were here so I I went over and I applied for the job and I thought I was going to be working in the warehouse and then they're like oh yeah okay here's your um, information to study for the test he's like test what test they're like yeah to see how good you are at video games and he's like oh that's what I'm applying for okay I feel like it would be like a similar situation with Dean he'd be like fresh out of like dropping out of um high school he's trying to find something a little bit more stable to to help support his little brother you know and then he's like okay warehouse work that's fine that'll be stable and then it's like oh no you're gonna play video games and flash forward like five years later he's like he's a, a a video game um counselor and like so the nintendo video game counselors they were given these like jackets that are like basically the nerd video game equivalent of your your varsity jacket hilarious so like if you were a little kid and you saw someone wearing that fucking jacket which it was impossible to get at least a, a real one unless you were a video game counselor you're just like holy shit that dude's a rock star because <laughs> you know kids thought they were cool as shit anyways that's my AU of the week. And of course, because I have to make everything DCL, um, Jack is there too. Jack is a little seven-year-old that Cass has adopted. Who's, he's a young single dad. And he calls up the hotline and he becomes like a regular. He's super excited for the upcoming uh, video game convention because the counselors are going to be there. And he's going to be like... I'm meeting Dean in person and I'm going to tell him that I beat this game. It'll be exciting. And his dad's just like, oh, okay. Um, I don't understand what you're talking about, but you're very excited. And I will, I will come with you to this convention to meet your, your new friend. Then, you know, romance from there. But I just think that'd be really, really funny and cool if, you know, because there's no way that Sam and Dean didn't spend a lot of time in shit like arcades, especially I remember because like Sam's fear of clowns or whatever was like basically he was dropped off in like the their their equivalent of like a Chuck E. Cheese. So at least Sam has spent a lot of time around things like arcade games. There's no way Dean hasn't as well because what the fuck else were you doing as a teenager in the um, 90s? 
Yeah, so that's my that's yeah. my AU of the week. <laughs> I <laughs> my only thing is just you know when you have like a favorite boy, I feel like I always have to make one single trait about them that I fucking hate and I don't <laughs> so like I can keep a un, like a healthier distance between them. Like in uh D I made it canon that Somlin has just a flat ass, just a full Hank Hill ass. It's really pathetic about oh that. Because he's so handsome and I was like, we gotta nerf him. We gotta give him the I'm <laughs> so sorry. And with Dean, my thing is like he he's not a video game person. He doesn't fucking know. He doesn't That's know why it's an AU shit. baby. Yeah, but even then I'm still I just still like it if he like, AU baby. This is my like AU. I guess. And I'll cry if I want to. I feel like he only plays video games because he has to for his job. And then Jack is like, oh, I want to talk about Zelda and all the theories. And Dean's like, I I just play it for a living. I'm sorry. I think oh. Dean was super, super good at like maybe one or two of the, the video games, like enough to oh, like definitely. get by um, for the test. He's like, oh, I guess I'm taking this fucking test. Um, because like, maybe they had one of those home systems. I don't know how portable they would be, but... You know, the one, like, they, they, they had a laptop for Sam, so maybe maybe they also had, like, one of one of the home systems that they hooked up, and they just played when they were in the, um, in the hotel rooms for hours. Oh my god, Sam probably had DOS games. Sam had- Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Sam had- Oh, this is so stupid. Sam had the Captain Crunch Crunchling Adventure game that I had oh my god. in 1995. Also, oh, I'm so sorry, but why is your one trait you don't like about him that he- isn't into video games and doesn't understand them and not that he's just a fucking dickhead. I mean that too because I love that he's an asshole but also I really like video games and I don't like, <laughs> I don't get along with people who don't like video games usually. Oh my god. What's your AU? Oh yeah, mine was that hunters, whether they realize it or not, they become reapers after death instead of going to like heaven or hell or anything because they're doing a net positive but there's sure are moral quandaries about it etc so i think it'd be really interesting if they like use the skills and like empathy they gained over the course of their life to like ferry the lost souls to the afterlife and also like kind of makes it more interesting because that they you know being a hunter you have to question what the afterlife is like you can't help but question what the afterlife is and then the hunters still would like not quite reach it for like maybe thousands of years if ever and i think it'd just be really cool to have sam be a reaper i think he'd make a very good reaper and mostly usher people to heaven and he'd have like a really high success rate of making sure people don't become ghosts like maybe some hunters are more likely to accidentally turn people to ghosts than others i don't know i think that'd be really interesting at you <laughs> i do like that I, I i when i read that in your notes i, I really like that a lot because i especially i don't like the canon lore that they're just angels that work yeah. for death or whatever that doesn't make any fucking sense like it just doesn't it's yeah. i think that's stupid and it, it's like it's lazy you should have you should have made them their own thing and had them have their own lore because that's just more that's just more interesting that way yeah and it's also just me trying to fight their stupid version of heaven oh they all go to heaven i hate it also uh dean is like the mike wazowski of reapers like people die and he's just like sitting there like hey how's it going <laughs> oh my god i hate that <laughs> he's fucking stand-up comedying them into the afterlife yeah some like old person like i don't understand the words coming out of your mouth <laughs> 
body. Oh my, oh my god. god, like two centuries from when he dies, he's just dropping like the most outdated references that nobody gets because oh again, god, it's absolutely. been 200 years. Oh my god, that is that is hilarious because honestly, I am kind of low-key obsessed with things where characters are dead or like are not living and part of yeah. the living world, but they do still have lives and they do shit like reapers exactly. and shit are super interesting and such a fun like if, if you make them just like normal characters that's one of the reasons why like i've been reading the discworld series right now i'm reading um reaper man and like i just i just love death death is fun <laughs> he's such a fun uh, yeah. character exactly that's very fun yeah honestly i i do love the um hunters become reapers au it's it's very good it's it's kind of got like the way that you said it it sounds almost it almost like it's like a form of purgatory before they can work out what the fuck to do with these dudes souls they gotta they gotta reap for a while (laughs) and also it's just hunters are so fundamental like they're going like they're still like hunting at the end of the series like hunters are a necessary evil necessary good and necessary something so Mm -hmm. yeah and they're like the medium between the two worlds why not make them that after life i think that'd be so interesting honestly yeah i really like that i like the idea that like humans who are aware of and participate in the the like supernatural dynamic like get the option after they die or something like that like hey do you want to be a reaper and help people, uh, you know, pass through the veil to, like, whatever their afterlife is. Like, maybe some witches. Maybe, you know, um, I, I'm trying to think, like, men of letters would be kind of similar to hunters in that way. I think that that would be really, like, an interesting way to go with that. Yeah. I think Sam would jump at the opportunity. And do would be like, yeah, if he's doing it, I might as well do it. <laughs> and they just get a few more years together, too. Like, why not? And they're weird downtime they could just hang out and reap people together oh my god can you fucking imagine you die and you got two fucking reapers there like shit like what did i do they fucking do rock paper scissors over your soul and the other one's like you do this every time you do scissors every single time and you're just like i'm dead funny you're just like are you guys like arguing over who gets to add my little tally to their quota what the is this what the afterlife is like just bureaucracy yeah (laughs) i really love to say you and i really want to flesh it out more All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's end the podcast. Um, I've this has been highly complicated. I'm Duplus on Tumblr, Duplus twenty seven on Twitter, Duplus everywhere. Bo, you got anything to say? Um, well, as as you well know, I do not want to be found, but <laughs> I do have a secret. I have a dark secret. I am not human, and I do hope that you don't try to murder me because if you do, I will not just like sob and let you like gently put me down. I will fight you. So I'm not going to tell you what I am because that, that'll just help you kill me. But I will tell you, I will tell you, I'll fight back. I'll fight back. As you should. <laughs> As you fucking should. Um, you can find us at Helene Podcast on Twitter, Helene Complicate on Tumblr and Facebook. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this. I think maybe by the end of this weekend, if not definitely by the end of next week, we're going to be at a thousand downloads. Yay! Holy shit, really? I know. There's a, th- a, a thousand times someone has decided to listen to this show. 
Yeah, one single person, and it's my mom. Probably. It's, it's Misha Collins. Definitely not my mom. <laughs> no, I don't think my mom's listened to any episodes, actually, which is fine. Fine by me. It's all freckles. Um, speaking of our one listener, Misha Collins, Misha Collins, please come on the show. Also, happy birthday, King. His birthday was August 20th, I believe. Happy birthday. He's almost 50. He's 50. 50 years old. Um, all right, have a good day and carry on my way over, kids. I remember watching it. Did you ever watch up until, like, her best friend was an airplane and, like, there was, like, a whole airplane crash and shit was going crazy and... Jennifer Love Hewitt had to deal with like a billion ghosts and it turns out her best friend was a ghost the whole time. Whoa.